welcome to episode 10 of All in a Homeschool Day, the podcast helping you keep homeschooling real and in perspective. I'm your host, Crystal Wagner, and this week I'm talking with Jenny Ranum. We talked about a book that has had a big impact on her family and her homeschool, and how her daughters caught the excitement of this book too. Join us as we discuss how reading books unrelated to homeschooling can have a powerful influence on your homeschool and your relationship with your spouse and your children. Plus, stay tuned to see what her advice is for homeschool moms. I want to welcome to the show today, Jenny Ranum. She is a homeschool mom of two girls, ages 9 and 11, and they've been homeschooling for about six years now. And welcome to the show, Jenny. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So, Jenny, I want to start off with asking you what book has had a big impact on your homeschool? Well, other than Charlotte Mason's volumes, which um, have had the biggest impact on the day-to-day ins and outs of our homeschooling, um, a recent book has really had the most effect on my home book, on my homeschooling. Um, and it's called The Road Back to You. It's about the Enneagram, which is a personality characterization, I guess. Um, it's just been amazingly helpful. I know how knowing your personality and your learning style can really help you interact with others. And I mean, I know that having an idea of my girls' personalities, how that helps me deal with each of them. But specifically, how has this book helped you with your, in your homeschool? Well, it's really in depth, first of all. Um, and I had done another person, looked at some other personality things recently, just a friend had introduced me to it. I, I wasn't seeking this information and it was four categories. Um, and that, that started me realizing how helpful knowing your child's personality can be in daily life and then also homeschool. I mean, just everything. Um, and my daughter, my oldest daughter was really interested in learning about those four types also. And we would have fun talking about it. And it was really helpful because if her sister did something or I did something or she did something or even her dad um, did something that she didn't understand or that possibly was frustrating to her, you know, we could talk about it in the context of personality and say, well, that's kind that's happening a little bit just because that's the way they view the world and that's the way they process information. Um, and so that was helpful. And then when I was introduced by the same friend to the road back to you and the, actually the idea of the Enneagram, not just the road back to you, but the idea of the Enneagram it for a long time, I didn't do anything with it for a few months because I didn't have time. And then I got the audiobook of The Road Back to You, and we listened to it, and I started listening to it in the car, and my girls have ended up listening with me. It's so much more in-depth, and because there are nine types that they're describing, there's just a lot more detail and a lot more um, specific information that is, I mean, uncannily accurate to personality. So... I love it for knowing my personality, being self-aware of kind of how I view the world and what drives me, what um, makes me feel in a healthy place. And then also what, when I'm not in a good place, what 
types of things I tend to do that are harmful to myself and people around me, being able to look at that objectively has brought so much peace and reduced my stress level just so much because my inner voice has really helpful information to help me kind of self-regulate just myself personally. And then... So it sounds like it's, it's not just trying to label, which is sometimes freeing to hear, but it's not actually helpful, but it sounds like it's trying to help or working through that book is helping you figure out what to do in situations when you find that you're fitting your label, so to speak. Yes, definitely. It's definitely fluid. It's not, there are these nine types and you are one of them. There's a lot of fluidity there because each personality type actually borrows some things from the one right next to it. And then even across the, it's kind of depicted in a circle. So numbers that are related to you across the circle. So each person is unique within their personality. It's not just that there's nine. Every person is certainly unique, but just the motivations. And this book is specifically helping you to grow and develop and mature um, in your personality type to help you become a healthier person. Uh, it's, it's just been so helpful. And it's very cool that your girls are uh, wanting to learn along with you. Yeah, it is cool. I, I have paused it a couple times and said, okay, are you sure you want to hear your number? Like, are you, are you really sure? And I, I, I prayed about it because I didn't want that information to give them any sort of complexes or because it's describing stuff. It, it does talk about what that number looks like as a child and things that children will do who are kind of acting in that, in that type. But it's written for, for, for adults. Um, but I, I ended up landing on being self-aware is, it just gives you such a huge, enormous step up in interpersonal relationships and your own internal relationship with yourself. Like, I, I'm hoping that through this, it will kind of ease, make some things easier for them as they're growing, of course it's hard for them to be really objective right now at this age, but I feel like they'll be able to have that objectivity earlier than maybe most. But the other huge benefit is for me talking with them when they're struggling with something and being able to use terms that they're familiar with and concepts that they're familiar with, with why they're feeling this way, some of the whys and helping. And especially if, it's another person that is causing them to be distressed about something to be able to really look compassionately at that other person because we look compassionately at our compassionately at ourselves. Um, anyway, I, I feel like it's going to continue to be an incredibly useful tool just for the rest of our lives. Really. I, I think I agree. Um, I know whenever I first learned about the highly sensitive person, it opened a whole lot of, doors that I realized, oh, that is why I react that way. Mm. But it's not an excuse for me to avoid all situations, even though I do avoid many situations that tend to put me in that overwhelm. Right. But if, when I do have to go into those situations, I'm able to kind of prepare myself. Yeah, that's great. 
So those, I, those things are so useful. Yeah, and I can see how um, just being able to have that conversation with your kids about why they're doing what they're doing or why their their siblings are doing that can be. I think it's hard for them to recognize that even if they try hard to get along, someone else may not. Mm-hmm, right. And you just kind of have to let it go, and so that's probably helpful too in that in that respect. And, and sometimes, what you think is the best way to get along is actually pushing the other person's buttons, you know, yes. and being able to understand some of the things that push their button. It, it helps you relax on some things that you would normally for your own self, you would be dry driven to do, but that another person would pull back from that. So anyway, it's also incredibly helpful for a husband wife relationships. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that you will change or mo- slightly modify your teaching style or your, your te- uh, plans for this fall because of what you've learned in this book? Or do you think it's more that you're applying it to your parent-child relationship and just how you interact with them? I'm, I'm certain that it will affect our homeschooling. And I'm thinking, because this is a pretty recent read for me, I mean, we're not actually even finished listening to the book, but I'm thinking of ways that I can apply this to the daily homeschool lesson routine and also just household routines. Um, Knowing what is important for each, knowing more clearly, I guess, what's important for each girl in some things that they can't express in words, but now understanding this personality type, I can understand, we can both kind of understand some of those things that are important. Um, I I really, really want to use this in our homeschool to make, not necessarily to make it easier, but to make make it less bumpy, I guess, is the best way to put it. like for one, for an example, my oldest being unique is really, really important for her. And when she was listening to it, I would glance back and she would be nodding her head at some things, which is, it was really fascinating that some of the things I thought, oh, I wonder if she even gets that she does that. And she's like nodding her head back there in the back seat. It's fascinating. Yeah. Really, really amazing. Um, but knowing that, I think it will help me when it comes to different kinds of assignments and the, and the way I phrase things and allowing, giving her some options so that she can be creative with like math study or, but making sure that it's up to the quality and the level and she's doing what she needs to do. But even me trying to think of unique ways for her to do it, it really, that helps her have the motivation to do it more. And then my other daughter, um, she's, need likes to feel needed and and that's such a sweet and wonderful thing but care has to be taken that that's not that I don't take advantage of that and so making sure when I make choices for her with homeschooling she's not just doing it because oh this is in her subconscious mind she's driven to do this to please me or to please some status out there but helping her helping develop things for her that she's 
choosing them. She's doing it for her own good, if, if that makes sense. So those are some of the initial things, but I'm, I'm hoping as the, well, homeschooling is racing toward me this, the start <laughs> of this year, but maybe throughout the year, more things will come up. We need to have a conversation towards the end of the school year. Mm, that would be interesting. Kind of look back and see what you've done and, and how it's impacted. Yeah, that would be really fascinating. I think it's also such a good example for your girls to see you reading, listening to this book, and then seeing the wide application that it has. Because so few books are, are limited in the ideas that they present to us. And often they impact such a wide range of our lives. We don't always realize it, but this book, I presume they wrote it in a way that would allow you to um, apply it to many facets of your life. But um, I think that's just, that's great that they get to see you doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely widely applicable. And I mean, the, the point of the book is to help you really to help you in your life and to change things that would be better to be changed, but you just don't realize <laughs> that they need to be changed. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I think this is going to be an important skill for them and it, just an important self understanding. So I just hope I haven't done it too young, but I don't think I have. <laughs> I don't think so. I, and I think that they'll pick up what, what they can right mm. now. I mean, I know I've talked with my girls about the concept of being a, a thermostat instead of a thermometer since they were really little. But the conversation that I had with them five years ago is very different than the conversation I have with them now because they're able to do more with it and understand it at a deeper level. So I think... I think introducing the concepts and the terms early, not, not on purpose and in a way that's kind of preachy, but like you're doing where it's this, I'm, I'm learning about this and you're letting them learn along with you. That that, like you said, it gives them, gives you all a common language that you can mm -hmm. speak and you can build on as they continue to mature. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've read from a different book, um, I read to my husband his type and mine. I, I started with mine, and then I read him his. And that book was specifically, it's parenting according to your type. That's not the exact title, but um, that's the point of the book. And I don't know how interested he is in delving into this topic, but even letting him hear some of those things and understand that it really it really gives us some tools in parenting you know we can all all talk about it i don't i just feel like it's going to that it is helping the communication in our family and that that in itself is huge to be able to communicate more thoughtfully and more clearly is that is going to apply to every facet of our lives. Very much so. 
That is a good reminder. We have a trip coming up later this fall. Going to put this book on our list so we can all listen to it as a family. Because, you know, our husbands, it's often hard for them to squeeze in a lot of extra reading time. Yeah. Especially when it's a book that we say, you really ought to read this because they don't, it's not their choosing to read it. So that might be a great book for us to read, to listen to in the car. Yes. I'm going to give a little caveat. It's a very interesting read and he's funny and extremely engaging, gives lots of great stories. There are a few times when I wish you'd have chosen a different word. <laughs> um, Maybe I should buy the book and read it aloud. <laughs> you, I mean, you can. I just really didn't say anything. Um, I didn't. I didn't even acknowledge the word, and I'm hoping that it's just one of those things that it's like, Phew. it's oh, not innuendo or suggestive. It's not in that realm. It's just. Yeah, I there's a few times when I wish you would have chosen a different word, but I, I feel like the value of the book far, far, far outweighs that. Good to know. Well, I have one more question for you. What advice would you give to a new homeschool mom that you wish you had received when you were first starting or that you wish you had paid more attention to? I looking back, wish that I had followed Charlotte Mason's advice and the advice of so many friends that said outside time is essential and not just a good idea, not just important, not just, you know, try to do it when you can. It really is vital to their development. And the more and more research that's coming out about levels of stress when you're dropping, when you're in, especially like trees. They've done a study with just being in the presence of trees and looking at trees. Um, the, the benefit that it has to your eyes being outside so that you can see all the way to the horizon. Like even, in, and I'm not talking about just being in our backyard, which is great because it is outside. It's not got a lot of exciting things in it like some families have but we have a few things out there but I mean you really only see to the fence which is not too far away from our house so I, I'm talking more being in open spaces um, I mean even at the entrance of our neighborhood there's kind of an open field and a pond which you could which gives enough distance you know it's not like we have to get in the car and drive 30 minutes every day um, but I really really wish I'd have taken that to heart and put outside time as a top priority every day um, because I think it helps prepare them for academic work in ways that that are unique and that can't be accomplished another way very easily so yeah I completely agree do you think um, do you think that let's say a mom is getting started and they haven't put a, an emphasis on that and she decides she wants to, it's really not too late to get started with that. No, that's right. And I'm like, even this summer I had it as a top priority to get out every day and it didn't happen. Um, so even now, like it's not, it is definitely not too late. I don't think it's too late for an adult personally. I, I think but I wish that we would have just built that habit in that like obedience 
is a habit that is a must. Attention is a habit is a must. And the habit of getting outdoors is a must. Those three things need to be established when they're younger or they're just incredibly hard to establish when they're older. Um, so no, definitely don't think it's too late. It's still something that I, I just really, really want to do. And I, I just need to do it. I think it's just the starting as with most habits. It's just those first few steps that are so hard to take, but once you take those first few steps, it, you see the benefits and you want to keep going. And I think what's so hard about that one is that we have to adjust our schedules and our expectations for it. I know that we'll do really well for a while being outside, getting outside, and then something will happen, whether it's a week of rain or somebody gets sick or we were gone on vacation and then we get back and I find it's difficult to get back into that habit because it's, it's something that requires effort and requires us to put aside the other stuff that's going on and to actually just get outside. And I mean, even just taking lessons outside, it just it requires you to remember to do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. <clears throat> and the interesting thing going, I don't want to go back and camp at the personality stuff, but reading that personality book helped me to understand why it was, why it's a hard thing for me to go outside because I, for me, if I'm not doing something, I feel like a failure or I feel like that I'm lazy if I'm not doing something. And there's a thing in my brain that says, well, if you're outside going for a walk, looking around, that's not accomplishing a task that I can check. You know what I mean? Right. I really probably just need to switch my thinking and tell myself it is a task. It is. And it is doing yeah. something very important. And then maybe that switch will make me feel okay about going and spending an extended period of time outside. Well, perhaps you can um, take that mindset and shift it because you've read the, the research, you know how important it is, and it's just that's your daily prescription. That's a really good thought because, I mean, it is. You're right. So important. That's really a great way to phrase it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I know that's some advice that I have to remind myself of too. Um, these are the important quadrant four things that I need to do. Some of them I need to schedule and some of them I just need to make happen. And the sitting still for me is hard. And so uh, me too. I know that when I sit still, my brain functions better. So, yeah. and I, I like to do that, like you said, outside, even if it's just in my yard, because there's less things that I see that need to be done. Mm distracting my brain of what I should be doing whenever I'm, I, I really am doing something. It's just, I'm doing nothing, but that nothing is something. <laughs> yes. A very important something. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show and um, introducing us to this book. And I really look forward to circling back around at the end of the school year. And we'll see what will hold you accountable. We'll see how the impact has been. And we'll see if you got outside even during the winter months. That is fantastic. <laughs> now I have something that I must do to succeed. <laughs> well, good luck with your school year. And, um, and we'll, we'll touch base and see how it goes. Thank you. That sounds great. Thanks for having me today. It was fun. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your friends. 
Do you have a question you'd like to hear answered on the podcast? Or would you like to be a guest on the podcast and share advice with the listeners? Maybe some advice that you wish you had heard when you first started homeschooling. Hop on over to triumphantlearning.com forward slash podcast and submit your request to be on the show or submit your question. I hope you have a triumphant day.